Hey everybody, welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John, thanks for joining us today. It is our Thursday show, so it's discussion time. We have Will the Force, it is back, baby! Although we did it last week, so... Yeah. Uh, Still we here, have a cool discussion. baby! Doing. It's, hasn't left, <laughs> baby! Uh, we have a cool discussion coming up later where we're going to talk about uh, nostalgia in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. How much? What are we thinking? It's going to be a fun discussion. Um, but uh, we're just off the heels of Star Wars Day. May the 4th has come and gone. Lacey and James with me. Uh, Lacey, you know, we're not going to get into it too much now because we did a sort of reaction video on Star Wars Day, right? Mm-hmm. So Yes, we did. Uh, yeah. So people can head over there to check out our reactions on all the things that were talked about on Star Wars Day. But here... We're uh, we're here to get down to business and talk some nostalgia and stuff like that. So, Lacey, let me let me start with you. Uh, are you are you? I don't like the term fan service, but are you a nostalgia person? Do you do you get on get on with that sort of thing when uh, like stuff gets turned back around to kind of like bring you back to those good vibes of childhood? Like, are you down with nostalgia type stuff? Yeah, if it's done well, I think it depends on how it's done and like where they bring things up, like. A good example recently would be the Ghostbusters teaser that they did. Like, I feel like that's really good nostalgia, but I've seen yeah. other stuff. Like, we talk about Rogue One, where they bring up uh, Dr. Avazian and Ponda Baba. Like, that just seemed like reaching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we were just I like, agree. yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? Like, Bill Murray, like, watched that clip, and I guess he really laughed and he enjoyed that he new did. Ghostbusters teaser. And Bill Murray seems like one of those guys. James, I don't know how big of a he Bill brought up Murray the music are, specifically. He said the he music. brought up the music. He seems like one of those guys that everyone wants to please or impress, <laughs> and I, I feel like by doing that, they felt like, wow, we got like the 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 nod from the guy. The sign off, so James, yeah. yeah, James, are you a Bill Murray guy? Like are you into his stuff? Um, yeah, I'm into Bill Murray. I mean, like I'm not one like you know, I never saw Stripes, and I'm not looking to go back to watch it or something because. I'm a Good Bill movie. Murray fan, so I got to watch yeah. all of them or something. But when I see him and stuff, I like him. It's weird that you guys, I mean, I'm excited for the new Ghostbusters because I think it could be good but like i that trailer with the 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 stay puff marshmallow man it felt very like salesy and like i loved it we're only I doing this to, to get you to to i'm hit the member barrier sure thing. that's i'm not entirely sure that's part of the movie that could have been just one of those vignettes uh that they had like paul rudd do to just like for the marketing element i don't I know that that's a scene movie. from the movie you think so yeah mm-hmm. i i hmm. yeah i don't know i mean maybe you're right but um yeah i i was i was down if you go back and watch like the first trailer or whatever i really liked that i thought everything like hit well in that one but in the um in that one with paul red stuff i was like i'm not feeling this as much oh i loved it but it, it seemed like it it's though be... everybody was like super excited about it too and i was like are you guys are yeah. you not seeing the like they're like the little Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's to me was just straight like marketing, like oh we need our bone baby Yoda, and so we're gonna Maybe, make this thing. It's I I, th- I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. Um, and you got Jason Reitman doing it, who's you know Ivan Reitman's mm-hmm. son, and Jason Reitman was one of the kids at the birthday party in Ghostbusters two, and there's just that familial tie to the thing. It's almost like a little bit of John Kasdan 
co-writing star wars with uh lawrence kazan mm-hmm. and i kind of like that and i i get the whole nepotism thing like yo ivan Reitman's son of course he's gonna he's gonna direct ghostbusters but i didn't mean like... to turn this into a ghostbusters podcast i was just giving a good example no no and you know what i, I think that's fine because i think sometimes they like when we talk about other stuff especially <laughs> at the top but um yeah i mean we are obviously a star wars podcast so we just want to quickly remind everybody that coming up soon Lacey's always good with these countdowns three weeks from this past monday's makes a little too happen day and uh all you're gonna have to do that day is take to your social media accounts star star wars day is gone it's, it came and went now makes a little too happen day so take to your social media accounts days. hashtag 18 days folks that was me doing math <laughs> yeah good math Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to take your social media accounts and use hashtag make solo to happen all day. Use it once, use it five times, whatever. We have some more details. We're going to be coming out uh, soon to let you know about what we got going on there. But mainly it's just uh, using that hashtag, letting people know why you love solo and why you want them to make solo to happen in a movie or Disney plus series. So if you're down with that, join us on May 24th, Monday. Um, okay. James, Will of the Force. Let's do it. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Everyone, if you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and check out our tier options. We really appreciate all the support uh, as it keeps the show growing and will allow us to create bigger and better content as we move forward. So thank you all to our current and future supporters. Uh, if you want to sign up at the $5 tier, you can submit topics to this segment right here, Will of the Force, that we're getting ready to get into. Uh, sign up today before we get to this week's topics. I do want to give a big shout out uh, to our top tier patrons, and those are our generals. Those people by name are Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Kendall Gellner, Paul Olson, Jay Couchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, Frank Grande, Ryan Wara, uh, Hass Islam, uh, Joe Ritchie, and Val Trichkov. So thank you, generals, for being uh, the main contributors to our show. Uh, you really make a big difference. Um, this week, I want to kick it off uh, by one of our generals submitting a question. Uh, that's Ryan, War- Ryan Wara. And Ryan wanted to know, will Harrison Dula appear on screen in Star Wars Andor? It's Will the Force, baby. It's back. John, you're going first. This is, I thought, such a great question. And it really twisted up my head. Uh, like I couldn't definitively pick a choice because you got her mention in rogue one so it would be a nice little nod and say like we're gonna up the ante on that you know she's around yavin base this show is about this guy um I- i'm still leaning towards no so i'm gonna say she's not going to but it would be a- such a good spot for it especially if they are deciding to bring all these rebels characters into live action I'm leaning towards no, though. I'm going to say no. Hmm. All right, Lacey, what do you think? I'm going to say yes, she will, because mm-hmm. I think it's something that they could do that would please so many people, even if it's just a cameo. Like, it could literally be her at a, a, a meeting table, at a, at a big meeting of what's going to happen next, and she could have one line, and it will drive fans crazy. So I'm going to say yes. 
Yeah, nice. I really hope that it happens, but I'm with John that it won't. Um, and I think the biggest thing about this is like my my speculation on the Cassie and Andor show was really in one place, and then they showed us that sizzle reel with like the artwork and stuff, and they showed him like out and doing things and all this, and I was like, this show's about Cassian. I just I kind of get this vibe that like it's not I don't know. Like he's going to be on his mission doing his thing and it's not so much going to be like back at the base, like maybe the first episode or something, which would be great if we saw it and I'm really down to do it. But I just think that if you did that, it might take away from the show and it's his show, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little too crazy on it, but um, yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. I like, yeah, I th- I like Lacey's idea. Now, I know we were supposed to take turns on this thing, but I do mm-hmm. like Lacey's idea. If they did do it, it'd be a, oh, that there she is. There's Hera instead of like, here's Hera. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, so just... like in Squadrons, for instance, she shows up, and Squadrons this looks so good that it feels almost live action. It almost feels like you were kind of getting her in that. But the weird thing was is that like every time she's on screen, it's like it kind of feels like it's taking away from the game, and you're being put out of the game and stuff and i just yeah i feel like a, the, a live action casting of this character i don't know it, it just feels it feels odd like and i think they're just going to focus on cassie and Andor the character um, so i'm going to go with no on this one unfortunately but i would i'll i'll really lose my mind if <laughs> she walks into the room or something that would be awesome all right let's let's move on to the next question um Will the inevitable Star Wars Saga trilogy episodes 10 through 12, of course, is what we're talking about, be uh, spaced out more going back to the three years between films, like the original and the prequels? Or do you think they're going to keep that two-year separation like they did for the sequels? Uh, and Lacey, you're going first on this one. Two-year, three-year, more-year? How many How many years are we talking? Yeah, I think they're going to space them out more uh, once – I'm not going to say if – once they do 10 through 12 because mm-hmm. I think they will – um, I think one of the biggest mistakes they made in the sequel trilogy was making those movies back to back and then having it only be a year for Rise of Skywalker. I would have liked to see some some gapped time in between those movies, and I think it would have pushed the story along a little bit better if they had more time, um, especially between The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I don't like how it's like the next day. To me, it's just like... So you mean of- in real life? You mean in, in the story? Oh. John, yeah. I think, is asking the question of like it came out seventy seven, eighty, and eighty three. Oh, versus the um like two, two year, year gap separation. Well, I stand by my answer in canon. Um, <laughs> as for films, I think they're going to do the same. Bonus will of the force. <laughs> I yeah, think they're so. going to do the same thing that they've done, which is the two two years. Two years. So, John, do you think they're going to stick to two years, or did you phrase this question because you think they're moving to three? I I think they are going to go back because of the reason Lacey started giving for the story element. I see that for the production side because I it felt was a like crunch. It was a crunch. I felt like, and also just letting it breathe because, like. The sequel trilogy came and went in four years. Whereas if it was the correct span of the sequel... Correct. If it was the same separation as the original trilogy and prequels, 
uh, it'd be later this year that we'd be getting our episode nine, which, you know, it's more time to enjoy as fans and speculate and do the whole experience. Um, so I think they may space it out again because it, they're already probably stretching it out by doing more saga films, which I agree with Lacey. They're definitely going to do. And they're going to bring Ray back and they're going to do all that thing. I, I, I think a, a grown baby Yoda is going to be involved. I think it's going to be this big thing. But I think they'll do a three-year gap to let it breathe. They'll make sure the productions are you know, not rushed or anything like that and take their time more. And I can wait. I know you know it's, oh my God, I can't believe it's been two years. We'll finally get to see The Last Jedi. I can wait another year. I'm cool with that. I'm all about the fan experience, the podcasting and all that stuff. So if they want to space them out three years, I'm down. I think... I, 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 I hope they do, so that's why I'm going to say I think they will. I'm going to change my answer and agree with John. I think they actually will space them out. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, I was thrown off by my original answer. <laughs> because, you know, Did The I Force influence? Awakens is perfection. I will stand by that. But they had a lot more time to get into that movie and for planning and everything else. And then Three last, years. Yeah. And then Last Jedi didn't have as much time. Uh, which we know, and we know from Director and the Jedi that Ryan Johnson was really like under the gun to get the stuff done. And then we won't even get into the production of The Rise of Skywalker because it was kind of a mess in the sense of they had one guy, then they fired him, they got a different guy, he was in a rush, they were changing stuff last minute, they were figuring stuff out on set, they were shooting things differently, and it's because they didn't have enough time. So I think the only thing that can benefit the overall story, the production, and what the fans are going to like is more time. So that's wow. Welcome. So I don't know. Um, I have a really weird, controversial answer. I think, and I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold that this trilogy happens. <laughs> I, you guys were both like a hundred percent. That's fine, sure but we're it. saying if I know. So I think the thing that is leading my answer, though, is is the thought that this is not episodes ten, eleven, and twelve, and all coming back. After, let's say it happens in 10 years. Now we're looking at 12 years of other Star Wars movies that they're doing that are standalones and a bunch of TV series. Like, I don't know that 10, 11, and 12 are ever going to feel big like Star Wars is back because it will be after a decade if Star Wars hasn't left. Star Wars has been here for a decade. So this is I so like you not to answer the question. Just answer. I'm answering the question by explaining how I got there. I guess. I guess. So I I think that if this trilogy ever does happen, I think it's more likely that they just shoot them all at the same time. Because they'll give it to one director. hmm. They'll give him the overarching story. They'll let him carry the story forward. And they'll say, um, they'll say, you know, just, uh, this is your thing. Do it all. Do it all at the same time. And I think that would appease a lot of the fans that the criticism came out of like there was no direction. They should have let one guy do it or something. And so if you they're moving forward with that big story and they're trying to sell it, I feel the best thing they could do, their best step forward would not be to space it out over three years and let fans argue over the directions it's going to go, but more or less just be like, um, we're, we're we're shooting it all and they're going to come out like really quickly like one year mm. after the next or something like that one year one I'm going to play devil's advocate the only thing arguing against you at that point mm-hmm. is avatar because avatar they have shot all at the same time 
and those have been delayed numerous times before COVID, and they have not come out, and they're still coming out with two years. Yeah, but but that's James Cameron, and that's Avatar, and that's the exception. And th- this is this is uh, under under your plan. Mm-hmm. This is the assumption that it's going to be the same director doing all three films. Like so, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they do that. Maybe they do that. Yeah, I just don't think episodes 10, 11, and 12 are going to be that big of a deal considering we have so much live-action Star Wars content that's on the way. Oh, are you kidding me? That's a wild, that is a wild, wild statement. Really? Yes. Because I think people think The Mandalorian is some of the best Star Wars that's come out since Disney bought it. And so already you have more people who care more about the TV shows than they ever did about the film or not than they ever did, but than they currently do about the films. And so give 10 more years of television series. It's like, I think when 10, 11 and 12 come out, they're going to be like, Oh, this is cool. But we've had a lot of star Wars movies come and and wane in and out. Those kids who were five, we're dragging this out. That's fine. (laughs) When those kids were five, I was going to say we are dragging this out. Who met BB-8 and Ray are going to be 20 years old. It's going to be a big, big deal when they bring that stuff back around. But anyway. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I don't think a movie can ever compare. Like, I don't think watching TV shows in your own house is ever going to compare to watching a Star Wars movie in the movie theater. No. Yeah. Regardless of what the movie is, especially a saga film. Yeah. But we're going to get a bunch of Star Wars movies in theaters. So the, the... Force Awakens, Star Wars is back. Is not gonna. It's not gonna have the same vibe, same feel. Anyway, whatever. Um, okay, in ten years when it happens, James, I'm gonna call you up and say, "Hey, James, remember that time you were wrong?" On I'm gonna episode- be excited about it. It's just not gonna do one billion domestic. Because <laughs> hey, James, Star remember Wars that time? Is Let back. me play the clip for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. All right. Next one comes from another patron of ours, uh, General Dave, uh, Indie Dave, as he likes to be called. Um, in the upcoming Andor series, uh, will we see a Jedi presence and or possible Jedi temples on new planets not seen before? Uh, Lacey, I think you're going. No, John, you're going first on this one. A Jedi presence. Who would who would be around? I hope Indie Dave so. uh, enjoyed his baby yoda margaritas he loves them he loves no he loves a good margarite yeah he loves a good margarite i hope you yeah no yeah don't be too hungover hopefully because sometimes (laughs) two-day hangovers are real um (laughs) he could be watching this still hungover from his margarita or still drinking some waters yeah you gonna answer the question um James, you guys you just gave me a bunch of crap. You took taking it. You took too seventeen long. hours James, to answer a question that wasn't asked. The joke, the joke there, which you totally missed. The joke I was making is that John could be like, "This lightsaber is blue," and you could be like, "Well, actually, if you look back in this book, lightsabers aren't actually blue. They start off." I don't as think this- there's gonna be a lightsaber <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, James, to answer to answer the question, no. There will not be a Jedi presence in Andor uh, for one of the reasons you brought up, James. I think this is going to be Cassian's show, um, and I don't know that there's who who they're going to wedge in there for it to make sense. Uh, besides Wedge Antilles, um, who's not a Jedi? Uh, no, I'm saying no, no Jedi, no Jedi. In Andor, Lacey, uh, what do you think? 
James, I actually want you to go on this because I'm interested to see what you think, and then I'm going to base my opinion on what you say. I don't know what I think because I'm not allowed to explain my answers on oh, this show. God. Oh, my God. Oh, the horror. <laughs> You're not even talking about the, the question. You're talking about drinking margaritas. I'm like, answer the question. I was answering the question. <laughs> Gosh. Um. No, same reason John just gave. There, it's it's Cassian show, and it's going to be about war, and it's going to be about spies and stuff like that. I think they're going to lean into um, the same way. Here, here's an example: um, Wandavision leaned into powers and magic and and great abilities and stuff like that. And Falcon and Winter Soldier was like mostly about just. Um, it seemed more grounded in earth and, and politics and stuff like that. Yeah. I think this show is the like war side of it and they're not going to get in too much like Jedi temples and other sort of force relics and things like that. Lacey. Hmm? I kind of have a question about the question. <laughs> Does presence do mentions count as presence or you're talking like a literal Jedi on the screen? Well, it's, Dave, who asked the question. Um, oh, sorry. You're right. Dave, yeah. answer the question. Yeah. I Because the way I see it is I don't think that we're going to see a Jedi because of the time period. And I don't think we'll be at a Jedi temple because they, they do that in Rogue One. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see that. But I think that Jedi could be mentioned because you have to have some type of mention it at some point, just like the Mandalorian did at some point, to tie it back to a lot of what Star Wars is about. And then also because Cassian has to know what Jedi are because he goes and explains it to Jin later, like the guardians of the temple and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I'm just thinking like at some point it has to be mentioned or he has to interact with someone that talks about it and maybe blows it off. But I don't know if that counts as a presence. So I'm going to agree with you guys that no, I don't think they're going to be Jedi or Jedi temples in this show, but I do think it's going to be mentioned. Hmm. Okay. Sorry, I don't know why I thought John asked that <laughs> no, that's question. So the so the an the answer uh, were you all saying no? Correct. On that? Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Um last question on Will the Force this week is will the Moss Lady Moss Eisley uh Chalman's Cantina be featured in the Kenobi series? Lacey, you're going back to you already on this one. What what do you think? I think this is an easy yes. They already have uh the set renders from the Mandalorian and the pieces, I'm sure they held on to those. I think they could easily have that be a part of the show and be one of those good examples of nostalgic fan service that there is a reason he has to be there, but it's not like, oh my gosh, look. And then it would also kind of explain in A New Hope how he knew to go there. John? And why he says the things he does about it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, unless Dr. Evazan and Pona Baba are there. But, um, <laughs> yeah. At the same bar stools, like Norm. Uh, no, I, I agree for all the reasons you just said. They have the set already um, from Mandalorian. They brought that back to the finest detail. Um, and it would be cool to see. And it would make sense because, like you said, he knows the area. So I agree 100% with what Lacey said. We will see the Cantina in the Kenobi series. Yeah, I didn't think about the production aspect of it but that's absolutely true the big one that um stuck out to me is why i thought this would happen was because he's he seems to know exactly where to go he's like oh you want to get off this planet 
you know, and I mean, he's been there a long time, but I think that's kind of the, the thing around the Kenobi series is that he's probably going to leave the planet. So if he leaves the planet and him and Luke need to leave the planet, you know, where mm-hmm. do you go? Mm-hmm. You go to the place, you go to Moss Isley spaceport, you know, and then he specifically goes to the bar looking for the pilot. You know what I mean? It seems like he, he has met or has already talked to Chewbacca, even though I don't think canonically that lines up. But he's sure. like the first person he talks to in the bar and they're having a conversation when Luke gets in trouble. So, um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, then we're all we, in the we, agreement that it's probably going to show up. And that'll lead us into our discussion, we, right, John? We see, we see why he says you'll never find a more wretched That's what I said. Yeah. 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 My- what are you doing the hand on the hip? Don't do the hand <laughs> on the hip thing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if that will be a cheesy line in the in the show yeah. where he says something yeah. like this place is just a hive of scum and villainy or something like that and L- everybody's like oh no i think he's, something as... bad's got to happen that he thinks that like someone's going to like take his money and run or i don't know yeah, yeah. or like the yeah someone grabs his lightsaber and has to chase him down or something like right. that but as long as he doesn't say hello there but he's going to and it's going to be annoying you think he's right. going to say it yeah probably they can't help themselves um <laughs> all right our discussion this week, James, thanks for the segue, is... Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Nostalgia in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So, uh, kind of like the cantina, we do like to do a little warm-up usually at the end of uh, the previous segment. But nostalgia can be a wonderful treat applied to films and shows, giving a nod to what came before, and giving fans a nice reminder of their youth by calling back things that they have loved for so long. Now... The Obi-Wan Kenobi series will certainly come with its hits of nostalgia or what some may refer to as, which I disagree with the term, fan service. Um, so while touching on the obvious stuff, Darth Vader, Tatooine, how much nostalgia do we think we'll get in the limited Kenobi series? And is there a correct amount? So uh, short series, six episodes. I'm kind of going to kind of start things off there. There's not a lot of room, not a lot of breathing room. They got to get this thing uh, packaged and delivered and get that story done the right way. Uh, I do think there is going to be a bunch of nostalgia here. Obviously, you know, there's all the um, obvious ones, even Owen and and Beru and the Lars Homestead. And we saw we talked about on Monday, Obi-Wan's house and uh, all that sort of stuff. Maybe we see the lightsaber, um, uh, Anakin's lightsaber. Um, I my hope is that they take their foot off the gas a little bit and don't cater or buckle to the temptation of doing it too much. Like I felt Dave Filoni's episode on season one of the Mandalorian almost did it too much with all the Tatooine beats. It was very, here's all this stuff from a new hope. You remember Um, a little too much. And he's been known to do that in the clone wars. Like sometimes I think he goes too far with it, Um, which I understand it's fun and I get that element of it, but, I, I don't know that I want it too, too much. So I'm curious more than anything, what they're going to do off world as far as the nostalgia goes. Cause we all know what's going on with Tatooine and exactly all the stuff that should be there, which is nostalgic, but it should be there. Cause it makes sense. Um, my real question is when he goes off world, which we all assume he inevitably will in this series, what they're going to reel in for us. Will there be a lot of prequel nods? a lot of stuff like that so i'm not sure i i just hope there's not too too much i i would love to see obi-wan go to a planet we haven't seen 
and and more so than him going to Coruscant and and trying to you know go looking through the Jedi Temple or something like that and and uncover something that we've seen in the prequels like oh remember that when they knocked that over there that is you know what I'm saying so I I, I don't know who which one of you wants to pick up on this but or if you agree with me or not if you want the overload of nostalgia Lacey you kind of touched on the fact that you kind of want uh, it done right and you know James you brought up similar aspects of that so. Uh, I don't know, James, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off to you to start this thing. Cause obviously you more than anyone were the least excited originally about the idea of the open one Kenobi mm-hmm. series is, was part of that a concern be- of uh, the nostalgia thing or, and how do you feel about it and how do you think they'll apply it in this series? No, it wasn't a, uh, the nostalgia factor was not a concern at all. In fact, uh, for the most part, I don't think I really react pretty I don't, I don't think I react poorly when like there's big references or anything like that. Um, I don't, I don't have much of an eye roll reflex, if you will. But the thing that I have always tended to lean towards is, is a 70, 30. Uh, I think there needs to be 70% new and 30% like old, if you will, or something that makes you feel like it's um, familiar um, and I feel like once you get off that balance, that's when people start to be like, oh, I was a little too much of this, you know, like this, we kept feeling like it was like being thrown in my face. Hey, remember this wink, wink. And I feel like yeah. that's, it's right around that like 30% mark when you're starting to see too many things pop up. Um, but I think, I think overall, like I, I, I didn't like the idea of the series because a lot of things have changed even since then. Like, I think we're definitely getting a vibe where he's leaving the world. And that's not, I don't feel like that was what people wanted in the, when everybody was requesting the show, you know, everybody was kind of wanting him to have that. Like I stick on Tatooine thing and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I think it still kind of messes with the story a little bit because it never was really implied that he was leaving, but you know, Hey, you want to do the show and it's fine. We're going to, we're going to go off world. And if we go off world and that becomes part of the canon, I'm down to hear it. I'm down to hear the story. And that definitely sounds more exciting than him sitting on the desert. Like, could you imagine the show really right now? Like six episodes with Darth Vader and all these other people that are around and he never leaves Tatooine. That sounds crazy to me. (laughs) Right. I agree. So then I'm, so then I'm like, okay, so they're definitely going to do some cool stuff with this. And and again, a, another reason I didn't I was not big on the show was because you know we didn't know Hayden Christensen was coming back. That changes a lot, you know. E- even if it is just flashbacks, like I know that tingles the nostalgia reflex, like I was talking about a minute ago. But like, I, I don't really know that that is going to be a bad thing for me. I'm going to be like, oh, they're doing a scene where it's like General Kenobi and his. You know, um, it's General Skywalker too, but like, yeah, his Padawan <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I I think that yeah. sounds really interesting, and I I'm excited to see that kind of thing happen. Um, so I don't know. I I yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess that's where I'm at. As I don't really know that there's going to be too much in there because I think with six episodes, they're not going to want to fill it up with remember this, remember this. They're they're going to want to do what well, they want to do. Lacey, like you, you've seen, um, and great points, James, for sure. But Lacey, like you've seen online, you're usually dialed into a lot of the fan buzz and that sort of thing. There's people saying like, oh, you know, we want to see Jar Jar. We come back for it. So there's there's people who just just want it so much, 
And then there's people who are like, no, I, I don't want that. Where where do you lie? I know what you said at the top about in general, but with the Kenobi series, where's your needle? And, and what works and what doesn't? And what do you think that we're going to get out of this one? I think it has to be, like James said, a, a balance in the way of stuff we haven't seen with moments or notes of stuff that we know that tie it back to what we already have seen. I think the moment you go every two seconds showing something is where it gets a little too much. Like, I 100% agree with you, John, about Filoni's Tatooine episode of The Mandalorian. I felt like it was over the top, like... We got it. <laughs> we know exactly where they are. Like I still enjoyed it, but yeah, we, this character's uh, yeah. clearly a nod to Han Solo. We get it. He's sitting in the same spot. It just felt like too much. Whereas, generally, if you look at the Mandalorian, there are moments that you're like, I know what this is. I like Cam Tono. Like I know what that is. Yeah. But then it also, if you don't know what it is, it's not going to take away from the show. I yeah. think that's the balance that you're looking for is if someone comes in and they've never seen Star Wars, they're still just going to enjoy it as much as someone that knows what that thing is. And um, I think, like James said, when you have Hayden coming in and you have hints that he's going to leave uh, Tatooine, you can't keep harking back on old stuff because it's going to be... I don't want to say old, but it's going to be just like repetitive. And the, and the best example I can give, which I apologize, is not a Star Wars example again, because I think Star Wars, Star Wars does it pretty well without going overboard. But Jurassic World is an example of a, a movie that I felt went too hard on nostalgia and fan service. And it took away from the overall story of what that movie was. Um because it was a lot of like, oh, remember this thing? Here it is. Oh, remember when yeah. they said this? Here it is. And you sure. were like, okay, like, all right. <laughs> and it, I, I felt like, James, I think you said this either today or a numerous episode mm -hmm. or a previous episode where it takes, you get taken out. You're like, oh, gosh, why are you showing me the goggles from Jurassic Park? I don't really need to see the goggles. But now that you're showing it to me, I'm just thinking about that other thing. I'm not thinking about what we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me jump back in because I, I think what you're so it's very delicate, right? Because it's it's difficult to be a director, right? <laughs> it's very delicate because you're trying to ride a line that isn't so clear because you could say, oh, we have 30 percent nostalgia in our movie. But for a lot of people that they they're not going to recognize 20 percent of that stuff. Right. So the thing is, is like for some people, they're going to come in and they'd be like, oh, it really felt good. They didn't, you know, they didn't force me, feed me the nostalgia stuff. It was there, but like, and I recognized it, but it wasn't like in your face. Whereas like other people are going to walk out of this exact same movie and be like, it didn't even feel like the same thing at all. Cause they, they didn't recognize 20% of what that was trying to be a reference. Right. So it's like, you're trying to find that balance with people. It's almost like you need to, you need to have two levels. You need to have a level that's like, hey, this is nostalgia for this for the hardcore fan because nobody's going to get this. But you also right. need to have this additional level that is like very clearly trying to to be 
a reference. So it's like, like level one reference, and then you have like level five reference. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think like sometimes when you get that that big, it's supposed to be very clear for the fans that maybe aren't picking up on all the other stuff that you as a diehard are. That's when the other people go, oh my God, Panda Baba. And he says the same yeah. line and he's got the yeah. hands up. Like, but for one yeah. person, for one person watching Rogue One that isn't picking up on like most other things, like th- maybe they don't even realize Yavin 4 was yeah. the name of the planet or something, you know, like mm-hmm. just dumb stuff that most fans would get. They're not getting. So they need things like right in their face so that they still have a good time with the movie. And it feels That's like fair. Star Wars. Um, another thing about nostalgia in, in the movies, when I think people start to pick up on things is when it's, th- when it's placed there, in a way that like it it wouldn't normally happen in real life that way kind of thing so like i don't know like say you want to run into a character well you would you would need to have your main character meet someone who meets somebody else who is who just happens to be jeff goldblum or something like that and it's like this would never happen that's like three connections away or something like i think they if you're going to do it, you have to do it in a way that feels natural. Like, Oh, there's only one person on the planet who can answer this question. And it's Jeff Goldblum. We need to go back to him instead of something that's, that's like two tubes, like two tubes being in rogue one and also in solo. You're like, okay, that makes sense because he's in both those scenarios. So say like the, the main character of the new Jurassic park movies, son went to school with the daughter of, of Jeff Goldblum's character or something. Right, and then right. that's how they end up in the same situation. You're like, I don't believe that. That's so right. crazy of a circumstance. But sometimes they just need to make those connections to get a character in or a prop in or something like that. You brought up the example of like the goggles or something like that. You know, you know, did did she have to pick that up? There's probably billions of other props that, that could have been the case, but she happens to pick up the goggles I'm just or, saying I don't you know, think the goggles the would be is. there however many years later in like somewhat decent condition. I was like, come on. Yeah, I mean like yeah, they had like that that one Jeep left over. Yeah. Like, Let's bring <laughs> like, that Ford Explorer on. back or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, I mean there let, let's not forget that you know George Lucas uh is just as guilty as anyone of doing this in the prequels. I mean well, there, there's a there. lot of a lot of uh, well that but also, <laughs> you know, just I have to bring in Chewbacca. I have to bring in R2D2 and C3PO. He almost brings in Han Solo in like a brief like flyover cameo. He almost br- like he brought over and anyone who was alive from the original trilogy, he had to bring him in. And he didn't have to do that. Like and I, you know, a lot of people disagree with this. C3PO and R2D2 probably shouldn't have been in the prequels because it really mucked things up for the original trilogy in my opinion. They you had to do this whole thing where you pretended or uh Obi-Wan recognized R2 and winked at him and, or he forgot about him. Like it, it gets messy. It does. So, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. And but, he, here's a good example of that the job of the hut shows up in the Phantom Menace and so does Chewbacca, but job of the hut feels real because oh, Chewie's revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. But, but they show up in the prequels. But Jabba makes sense because he was ruling over that area at the time. Yep. And yes. he does not directly talk to or have any right. conversations right. With, with the characters. So therefore all of a sudden it feels believable, but like you go to Kashyyyk and it's a, pl- it's a literal planet full of 
how who knows how many Wookiees, and they seem to be Millions. focusing on Chewbacca, who's hanging out with Yoda, and he's like, yeah. he's his like exactly. personal assistant or something. It, it, and then you're exactly. like, this doesn't right. feel believable because like the connections right. to get there, to that yeah. person, it, it's just too many connections. It needs to feel like a natural thing. But I, I bring that up because you're gonna like if there is and there has been, uh, you know, JJ got accused of this. A- anyone making current Star Wars gets accused of like, oh, it's just Disney doing a uh, little fan service. George Lucas is just as guilty, if not more, than anybody at doing this. I There's think JJ did it the best. I-, I thought JJ did it beautifully in in subtle, subtle ways. So like for example, like George Lucas had. Obi-Wan take the blaster, throw it away and say, so uncivilized, a nod to an ele- the lightsaber is an elegant weapon for a more civilized age. That's a good, oh, I get that. That's a little bit of a nod to this. Whereas maybe like if that happened in like an episode of the Clone Wars, Filoni would do the whole direct line over again or something like that. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not dumping on Filoni here, but th- there are ver- a lot of repeat lines that they use in Clone Wars that were used verbatim in like the original trilogy and stuff like that. But my point is, there's going to be certain things where people see this in the show. And they're going to be like, oh, that, I don't know if I needed to see that. And like you brought up, James, Yoda uh, being best friends with Chewbacca, which is insanity to me. And I, I hate it. I hate <laughs> Out of all it. the rookies and all not the only do, Not only do I hate it, when you think about like Empire Strikes Back and like knowing <clears throat> that Yoda and Chewie knew each other, it just it drives me absolutely insane. But Yoda being in the Kenobi series would be perfect. Because it's somewhere Obi-Wan can go off-world. He knows how to get there because he tells Luke, you're going to go to the Dagobah system and you're going to find Yoda here. He's familiar with it. There's history there. Uh, it could be even that where that may be the scene where we see Qui-Gon, where he goes to visit Yoda and Qui-Gon visits them as a, as a spirit or something. That is nostalgia. Revisiting Dagobah and Yoda's hut is nostalgia. But that could really work for the narrative of the Kenobi series. Whereas if you bring in Jar Jar Binks just because Ewan McGregor was Kenobi in the prequels and you just want to bring in Jar Jar Binks, that's bad nostalgia. Mm-hmm. As much as we want Ahmed Best to get his redemption tour as Jar Jar, if you're ever going to do that, that's not the place for it. And he has denied involvement, so I'm not saying that's a thing. But there were rumors that he was going to be showing up with a beard and, and all that stuff. I would let Ahmed Best play a different character entirely and bring him back and let him be in Star Wars forever. Mm-hmm. That's cool with me. Do you see what I'm saying though? Like Jar Jar, like if I saw Jar Jar in the Kenobi series, I I think I would be like visibly upset because yeah. it, it it it's not good for Jar Jar. It's not good for anything. It, it wouldn't make any sense for him to show up. It would solely be for a nostalgia, like take you out of the show placement. Yeah. And I think and that would be trouble. Whereas Yoda, I think would be like, Yes. Yeah. Do that. And that that is like another like good example. It's a future predictive kind of example of what I was talking about with the the Jabba and the the oh, the Chewbacca thing. It's it's kind of the same thing is cuz I mean, you can sit there as a fan and speculate and you go, "Oh, this makes sense. It makes sense that Obi-Wan would want to speak with Yoda." But does it make sense that that Obi-Wan would want to speak to Jar Jar? I mean, yeah, you could right, right. you could come up with something, you know, and you'd be like, "All right, that's the story." But like, well, what that do you say? That you caused who... all the all the problems. Right. Like, you're. Where do you find reason? this guy who caused all these it problems? It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to like lean itself towards that, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. it, it that's an example of where I feel like if he were to show up, it, it 
almost it takes you out like we were saying earlier takes you to this place where you start to think like the writers were like oh we just got word that uh you know so and so is interested in doing the show now and now we have to like figure out a way to work that character in and it just that's always where that doesn't and that doesn't feel right you know is how how did this how does this make sense and that's Mm -hmm. how i get removed from the project or the movie or whatever is because i'm like how is this logical that this person or thing is here? Which again, oh, well, it, it's that, it's this, that same like it's the same like Rise of Skywalker thing, you know, like like Palpatine, he's back. Well, okay, sure, you know, like there, all of a sudden now we got word that so and so is coming thing. back. I know, I know, but it sounds like we might be able to do this. We might be able to pull this off. So it's like okay, cool. Let let's figure out a way to make that work. But I don't want to get into that. no. I understand, <laughs> but I, I he's just I love that. No, yeah. I. I know, but you you can at least acknowledge that that like it felt like we were going one direction and then they they twisted it and some of the and it starts it starts to feel like I think the writers just wanted to do something different and so they brought in a character that comes kind of out of nowhere and it's fine it's the story it, it is felt what it is clumsy but, yeah <laughs> a little bit well maybe JJ well, should be banished. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but I'm okay. But in comparison, yeah. though, in comparison, though, The Force Awakens, I think, does nostalgia perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think that movie, it, it does exactly what we were talking about earlier, where it has these high levels that anybody that knows of Star Wars or has seen a Star Wars film will get it. And then they have these deeper things, these deeper cuts that diehard fans will be like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Mm hmm. That you yeah, don't even consider. That's and true. that's what I'm looking for with the Obi-Wan series. Well, L- Lacey, let me ask you this. Because you, more than anyone out of the three of us anyway, um, even though I think we all want it, uh, are like, yeah, I want to see Jabba the Hutt back. I want to see the puppet Jabba the Hutt back. A lot of people are saying, uh, I want to see, he's, they're going to be on Tatooine. I want to see Jabba the Hutt in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I want to see Obi-Wan dealing with Jabba. I think that's bad nostalgia because I I, I don't see you would any have situation... to bring up the Clone Wars because Obi Wan went to see Jabba for Rada. Oh right, the movie, yeah. So um, like that's so... the interaction that would have to be somehow brought up, which he's could... like, hey, how's your kid doing? Yeah, so like oh that's where it kind of gets into what James was saying is like, how does this oh my work? God, horrible. Because they've literally had a conversation. They've made dealings with each other. He's been there. And that might also fall into that category, which we've had discussions on, which is the animation versus live action of has animation taken away certain things from live action, not on purpose, but because they tried to tell stories via animation. How is that now going to determine how things take place in live action? because you yeah, have to if you have because... Jabba there you have to somehow acknowledge that relationship interactions I, I think it would be a mistake to have Jabba the Hunt in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series I, I agree for that reason though it, it, they would have to somehow engage with that scenario and I don't know I... how you'd explain that to someone that has never seen the animated series or anything of oh by the way Jabba has a son and the son right. gets kidnapped and stuff. Now they could make yeah. a smaller kind of nod to it or a reference, but I think it would just be a little confusing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy like, to hear how it might work if James has a better idea. I honestly 
don't know how it would work. The only thing I can the only thing I can come up with if they were going to stick Jabba in there and they needed him to to seem like they had had confrontations before or interactions at least is yeah. just imply that over like since since Obi-Wan has been living on Tatooine he's worked with Already or or had talked to him before you know what i mean so kind of imply that when he walks in there he already kind of knows him because they you know like jabba this isn't going to be like last time you know or, or something Rada like that incident or something so, yeah. yeah i mean something you don't have to be so specific you can just like leave it at like a general thing well what what is last time and then maybe maybe that gives an opportunity for uh that feels an, like han a little bit though i understand but i'm but i'm just saying like that gives an opportunity mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. A, an author or something like that to play into that story yeah. um and, and and push people back to the clone wars yeah yeah but i i just think i don't know i Again, I think Jabba is another one where it kind of makes sense. Um, but like I was saying about Phantom Menace, Anakin and the rest of the crew never directly interact with Jabba. And so now mm-hmm. you're saying, okay, well, Obi-Wan, because he's on Tatooine, he's got to go meet Jabba. And I'm like, does he though? And I think that's where John, no. really John comes in. Yeah. He doesn't have to. So if you start to see that, then it starts to get in this weird thing where it's like, I'm willing to believe it and I'm willing to go with the story because it's Star Wars and I love Star Wars. But it and- starts to get like it's going towards that Marky. line where you're like, are they doing this just because they can bring back Jabba? And we have, you know, uh, you know, like our general chat uh, on, on Patreon or on discord where some of our uh, generals were like, we'd love to see Obi-Wan walking into Jabba's palace and Han and Chewie walking out. And we said bring that. Alden and Chewie back. Did we say that? Or did they say, I that? said that. Um, okay. That would be, <laughs> It's fun in a vacuum. Because you talked about Jabba (laughs) showing up like in the Kenobi series in last week's episode. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You know what would be crazy, John, is if Obi-Wan was walking in, Han was walking You know what it was? They they brought it up about us talking about it. It's okay, John. Sometimes, you know, I come up with really good ideas. You don't want to give (laughs) it Well, here's the problem. I wouldn't want to see that because (laughs) it'd just be like, oh, my God. Now, Han and Chewie crossing paths with Obi-Wan before that. And it's just like... I want Obi-Wan meeting Chewie to be that first time there where that pilot introduces him to him. And, and you had and said so that on, on the episode too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't want job. If there's any job in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and for, for whatever reason there needs to be an interaction, I'm cool with there being a hologram Jabba and he speaks to somebody through that. And that's fine. I don't need to be going back to Jabba's palace in the Kenobi series, especially with how short of a series it is. I Save feel that really for dumb. the solo thing. And huh? I feel really dumb for not bringing up the Clone Wars stuff when we had this conversation last week. Well, it's 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 good to forget those scenes. Uh, in my opinion. But I just uh, feel like that's such a, an important storyline. Like, how could I forget I, that? I feel so I'm dumb. Big, I'm sure people were I'm like, "Lacey, how could you not think of this?" Jabba having a kid thing is. I'm just saying Jabba and Obi Wan interacting, not necessarily sure. what the scene is, but like, I can't believe sure. I forgot that. I feel so dumb. Ugh. Nah, it's all right. Whatever. Um, Do you think it's it okay? What about things like we see Luke go and stand on that ridge again and look at the suns? No good. I think that's too much. I think you got to keep that to when he does it originally. Because is he yearning at nine? He's probably more of a playful kid. Mm -hmm. 
He, you know, he's not worried about, oh, my friends just went off to the academy and here I am stuck here. He doesn't know he, that that kind of desperation yet, I don't think. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he doesn't yearn yet. He's just a kid. I, I want to see a Luke Skywalker that we don't know yet because we see all these iterations of Luke. Uh, we see the immature, young, but yearning Luke Skywalker. Then we see the almost arrogant because now I'm getting my powers. Then we see the stoic Jedi in Return of the Jedi. And then we see the jaded, I, I screwed up everything uh, Luke from uh, The Last Jedi. I want to see a little kid Luke Skywalker who's maybe just really innocent and there's just, there's no uh, dreams of, you know, looking to the horizon yet or anything like that. You know, what do you think, James? Do you want to see, do you want to see like the, because you brought it up. So do you, is that something you'd want to see? No, actually, well, the thing is, is where I was going with that is I was trying to think of like um, props and, um, poses i I was kind of i went from props to like you know you're gonna see lars homestead but then like you know you might see the droids or sets and things you know and stuff and then i started thinking about the way that was all designed and i i was thinking poses and um like if i don't know how about it's kind of what obi-wan's on dagobah Mm -hmm. about to talk to yoda and Qui-Gon comes around the tree the exact same way that Obi-Wan comes around the tree when he's a force ghost. Yeah. And sits down in the log. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's more <laughs> the direction I was going. In. And, and it's, he's just like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought of, of, you know, is there a chance that you see like somebody call for Luke? And then like when we see him, like what the way the camera is like, he walks up over the ridge and he kind of like stands on it like that, you know, or something. Mm. Um, or, you know, they Luke, might do. Luke. Well, <laughs> they might do the same one. They might call for Luke and then he like we're actually you're down and you're looking up. That's his reveal in the in the movie. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he comes in. He I was thinking sunset. <laughs> You see Luke looking at the sunset, and then it pans down to his hands, and he has like a remote control, and he's playing with it just like a toy. Mm-hmm. It's like a drone. <laughs> well, he but, or I could see well, like him getting in into trouble. Like, yeah, so I'm like, like oh maybe my we... god, dude, you're 19. Like... <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. that always makes me cringe too. That part, I'm like. <laughs> I never even thought about that. I'm like, he's though. not. Every eight. time I watch it, though, I'm always like. Yeah. Seems out of character. Yeah. Right. And then, then he meets Princess Leia and he like throws out all his toys and he starts doing his hair and stuff. Yeah. And then it's his sister. And then it's his sister. And there you go. <laughs> uh, and then he starts playing with his toys again because he's like, oh, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> but yeah, I, I could see like, you know, this isn't necessarily nostalgia or anything like that, but I could see them doing something where Luke gets into trouble as a little kid and that's how he meets him for the first time or for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan has to do a similar sound to make someone scatter away to leave Luke alone. And then that's how they kind of, and they may mirror that and they'll call it. It's like poetry. It rhymes when really it's just nostalgia of how they meet in some Canyon, you know, but I could totally see something like that happening, but it's going to be that fine line that they walk. And yeah, just to one person, that's an eye roll moment. And to another person, they're like, it's a parallel. They're like, oh, they didn't even pick it up when they watched the show, and then they went on like Screen Rant YouTube or something, and they and they and they were like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And so yeah, and it's like I said on Monday, you know, this show can't be a miss; it has to be a home run, and they know that because you, there's only so much you could do with Obi Wan. 
and especially with Ewan McGregor, this might be the this is probably the last shot here. So this cannot be a miss for Kathleen Kennedy, can't be a miss for Disney or Lucasfilm. So uh, you gotta hope with the the first initial script that they tore apart and created into a series, then they gave it to another writer, gave it to another writer. Hopefully, all these moves and tweaks and turns and twists that they've made to make this into something, uh, they they pushed all the right buttons. And whoever's editing this thing, you have Deborah Chow directing it, knows how to have their finger on the pulse the right way to make this work. And yeah, I, I'm optimistic that they will because Ewan McGregor seems really excited about Deborah Chow. I don't know who's editing the show. That's obviously a big thing with Star Wars. We know with the whole how the how Star Wars was saved in the edit with Marsha Lucas, all that stuff. There's certain things that you can do to make this right. Even if they do film certain things, Deborah Chow may be in post like, ooh, that's that's too much. Mm-hmm. We got to pull that back. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and she she seems to have a good eye and, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does. And uh, hopefully, you know, I don't have much else to, to add to that. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to fire up, but. It just popped into my head. I'm surprised we made it through this whole thing without mentioning the recent Mortal Kombat movie that came out. And how, I mean, I'm not to spoil anything that happens or anything like that. I'm not trying to do that. But the thing, like, that movie is just completely chocked full of stuff that's supposed to be like, remember the game? Remember the thing from the game? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's characters and it's lines and stuff. And it's like there's stuff in it that's really cool. And you're like, oh, I remember this, but it feels fresh. It's obviously supposed to be there for nostalgia reasons. I mean, it, I mean, the movie pretty much exists for nostalgia reasons, right? Um, but the thing is, is like every once in a while they'll do something in the in the thing that I'm like, uh, like yeah, flawless victory or something like that. I'm like, oh, come on, Cobra like, Kai's like that. Like I love Cobra Kai, but every once in a while there's a moment oh. that something happens and you're like, y- you could have left this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I mean, that's that's like a, I mean, that's a good example of a movie that like. Listen to this discussion that we've had. If you haven't seen the new Mortal Kombat, then go watch that movie with the sole purpose of trying to sort out what you think was good and bad nostalgic references, and and kind of understand like that maybe not everybody's picking up on the same things you are. And you're probably missing a ton of stuff that maybe diehard fans are like, well, all this stuff is just a repeat of, you know, or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, just, I, I find that kind of interesting when it comes to um, like how much is too much of one thing, because to different people, obviously it always means completely different thing. Like, Oh, the love story was a little too much. And then like other people, I went and saw a Dragon Ball movie one time and someone was like, I thought it was a little too much fighting. (laughs) And and we were all like, everybody who like likes Dragon Ball, we were all like, we actually kind of thought it didn't have enough fighting in it. (laughs) Is is it? Yeah. Is that, I don't know if that is nostalgia though. Well, in the case of the Dragon Ball one, not no. But it, I'm Different, just saying in yeah. general, I think it's a good exercise when it comes to looking at movies. Like, was there too much? Like preferences. Yeah, yeah. Was there too much of this character in the movie or was there too much of this location in the movie? Something like that. And people just well, have a different seems... vibe because I don't like that location. So there was too much of it. But then another person was it like, I the... loved it. And like they there yeah. wasn't enough, you know, it's with, tricky. With the video game movies, it seems like 
the diehard of video game fans want it to be as much like the video games as possible. And the biggest example of that is how Sonic looked in that Sonic movie. And they changed it to make him look like Sonic and the movie made a gazillion dollars. And they're making a sequel. Whereas who knows what would have happened if he had little human teeth and all that stuff. Yeah. But so, so like, I'll give a couple examples here to get your measure and then we can uh, try to hop out of this in a bit. Do I get to give final thoughts? Yes. We're not even at final thoughts. I just want to toss two two things at you guys. If Luke shoots a womp rat and yells bullseye with his T-16, (laughs) is that too much nostalgia? Yes or no? When was he flying T-16s? His his skyhopper, his T sixteen skyhopper that he bullseyes. I know, but in the show he's only nine. Was he doing it at nine? Yeah, like, like probably like go kart. Are you asking yeah. me to suspension of disbelief? He's flying him at nine. Actually, no, I, I, I think, think the comics confirmed that he was flying a skyhopper at a at a young age. What you like, would expect like Anakin? Here. Yeah, it's like when yeah, it's like a okay. pod racer go kart for, for a kid. That yes, wouldn't no. bother me. No, James. No. I wouldn't mind if he did it, but I think the bullseye is too on the nose. Okay. <laughs> I think um, if he said bullseye, I'd be like, oh. Too far. Yeah. <laughs> Tarkin talking via like a comlink to Director Krennic to, for an update from Galen Erso on the Death Star. Too much. too much. Too much. Okay. So I'm just saying like if we get Tarkin in this, there's a lot. So there's it's going to be a lot of one of those like, is it or isn't it? And it's just a matter of if they hit the right button. So, um, yeah, Lacey, do you have any final thoughts? See, on but this one? what you just said, the difference is yeah. Tarkin radioing or doing a comm link asking for an update is one thing. Him asking for an update about Galen Urso is That's where it goes too far. Yeah. So right. if you're just asking for an update on this, you know, project, whatever, then you're like, ah, oh, yeah, there it is, project. I got the name. That makes sense. But once you get into, like, too many details, I've been watching this show called The Circle on Netflix, and it's, like, a, sh- a social media show where they oh, catfish and God, stuff. Oh, God, yeah. I've, yeah. But the thing here is, that. is that people that do really well in the game don't give too many details. They keep it broad enough that you believe it, but once you get into that nitty-gritty, like, into the Galen Urso, naming specific people too detailed then it's not believable and i feel like that's where this kind of falls into is like him mentioning hey this project how's it going seems believable like james was talking about earlier whereas him asking specifically about galen Urso to me doesn't seem believable yeah Yeah. i mean there's like there's so many things like tarkin could say that special project he could say Uh, Project Stardust. Stardust. Yep, I right. was just about to say that. He could also say saying, yeah. uh, an update on the Death Star. And you know what I mean. Right. And those those three levels of right there is like, okay. I yeah. mean, yeah, it depends. It, different fans are going to react different way to that. Those mentions. What if he's like, Director Krennic, please ask Galen Erso why he wanted details on the reactor core. For Project Stardust, which is also the Death Star. (laughs) It's like, oh, reactor core, because that's where he laid his trap, because that's where, yeah. Like, and, and, like, Tarkin, like, gets a thing that says approval of thermal uh, port or whatever, and he's like, I don't, I'll look at this later or something. (laughs) I'll just look at it later. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, obviously, like, completely. Uh, ham-fisted. Do you think? Did do you I think they're going to go through the trouble of bringing Tarkin in? I don't know. That I they don't are think so. For this show, 
Yeah. I think he might get a mention or like you said, come over a radio with like one line. I don't see the, you're never going to see him on camera. Yeah. You know what? what? I think you're more likely to get Hera in Andor than you are to get Tarkin in. Yes. I agree with that. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, (sighs) my final thought is this show is going to be so good. Yeah. Y'all better enjoy it. Let's build it up. Let's add real quick. Real quick. One one aspect of Lacey, one aspect of Kenobi himself nostalgia, being that it is the same actor from the prequels that you would like coming back or something referencing from the prequels that he did or something like that. Anything that comes to mind? I want him to look into the chest at the lightsaber at some point. I like that. I like that a lot. Because yeah, it's I, not. I, 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 yeah. It's not in too much for me like him saying hello there which again i say that now but if he says i'm gonna love it but right now currently i'd be like okay or like him doing the crate dragon yell you're like okay but i feel like the lightsaber is something that could be connected to either a memory a dream a nightmare a moment of you know depression or sadness just a moment of remembrance while looking at that chest with the lightsaber, which then calls it back to a new hope, calls it back to Force Awakens. I think that that would be a really easy way to say a lot in a quick moment. Nice. James, anything you want uh, out of Ewan? <laughs> I was just thinking anything dialogue-based is probably is like a bad request. Like I need him to say blank because like the hello there thing or something. What about like, the beard? The beard rub that he does. He'll as bring he'll bring in and Luke old. and he'll point to a whiteboard and it says five reasons why you need the high ground. Like or something. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. just so very um I don't know, like uh I I think I think it's for me the number one thing that I think is gonna be like this didn't need to be here, but they're doing it because, you know, the opportunity is there and it might not always be there. Um, that I would actually like is the Qui-Gon thing. Um, yeah, and I think we're absolutely. all, we've very clearly all said that we're on the page of that or whatever. But I think like if somebody was watching the show and they hadn't thought of that before, they'd be like, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm like, I think that, to me is something that is going to immediately put you back to the prequels. Um, I guess like in a good way, but it's not Mm -hmm. like a subtle hint at all. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're doing this for the sole purpose of taking you back to the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is the lightsaber too, but do not ignite that lightsaber. That's all I'm saying. I do not want that lightsaber. Ignite his own lightsaber. Oh, he's doing that. But a not Anakin's. Times. I, I, I just want to see him open up the chest. Shut it. <laughs> yeah, he can even. I for me, he can do anything he wants with that lightsaber. You take it out, look at it. Do not ignite it because I want the next time that being ignited. Since Anakin Luke. did it, being Luke when Luke has it in his hands. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But um, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, the last thing I'm thinking, <laughs> the last thing I'm thinking of that could be a wild card, which like brings up Solo to me is. Like if whether if Maul showed up in this series, and I think I'd just be on board with that, and that wouldn't be. Too I would be all for cool. Maul, and you know what? I st- I feel like we just talked about this. I can't remember. Well, I'm I brought up mind. the the chance that Maul and Vader would go toe to toe. No, I'm oh. s- I'm thinking of something different. I apologize. Uh, 
I am thinking about how at the solo premiere, he sat next to Ray Park Mm -hmm. in the solo premiere and they reacted to Ray Park being on screen. They were buddy, buddy. They were, you know, Ewan went right through the red carpet, didn't say anything to anyone, which makes me laugh still to this day because he could have gone in the back door. I don't know why they had him run down the red carpet. Because people talk about it. Yeah. So, but then he sat next to Ray Park. So he could have sat anywhere in the theater. They sat him there. So that's why I'm just like, "Mm." and I know that could have been something for the movie, maybe that they changed for the show, but I feel like that would be something really cool. And maybe that's what Ray Park's been hinting at on his Instagrams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be cool. So there's a lot of things we talked about a lot here. I know when, as more info comes out about this show, we'll definitely be revisiting this type of conversation because uh, there's a lot of different ways you can approach this Obi-Wan Kenobi show in terms of speculation, having mm-hmm. fun podcasting about it. Uh, we could certainly keep going, but we're towards the end of the show. Uh, so let us know what you think about this chat. Uh, what do you think about our walk the line of nostalgia? What we may get with Kenobi, what we want to get, and what may be too much. And uh, our comps to other things that have happened in Star Wars, including Lucas and um, and beyond and the sequel trilogy and all that stuff so uh hit us up in the comments definitely share this episode with a friend we appreciate that but we're not done yet because now we're going to send it over to Lacey for our next segment all right guys it's time for resistance transmissions so the way that this works is every week john puts up a whack crazy wacky situation a wacky on twitter crazy? Yeah, wacky crazy. Crazy wacky. Situation on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And you guys give your answers. So I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what you wrote. So let's see how it goes. So the situation is cast any actor or actress as an existing Star Wars character. Hashtag Star Wars. Uh, What is an improvised line you could see that actor saying as that character? Interesting. First up is Hass at Hass underscore Aslam. What's up? Uh, he said Ray Liotta as Jabba the Hutt, saying, "Quote: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster." <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Next is Sean Sanarud at Rude Cold. Sean, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Been a while. Uh, he said Arnold Schwarzenegger as Anakin Skywalker, Kenobi. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Anakin, I'll be Bach. <laughs> this, uh, this has vibes of like SNL um, mm-hmm. auditions. You know, yes. it's like other celebrities like doing auditioning. Yeah, auditioning for <laughs> so the, the, Indiana the photo Jones or whatever. I posted with the tweet is someone photoshopped Al Pacino's face onto Han Solo oh, uh, because I get he auditioned. For the role or was considered for the role mm-hmm. but also lacy sean uh used the gif of arnold going into the lava with his thumb oh <laughs> yeah i'll be black uh next is alex zukas at zubaka what's up alex alex said paris hilton <laughs> as obi-wan watching anakin burn on mustafar that's hot <laughs> oh god i almost didn't want to put it in but i was like alex alex i think, hope you enjoyed I think that's that. <laughs> so great like could you imagine the casting and everything and they're like wait till you see revenge that's of the like sith though so it's all gonna pay off <laughs> <laughs> next is purple underscore talk underscore 22 at purple talk 22 he got his handle oh yeah well yeah. no yeah well, it's not it's not a, it's not a He's not a name. 
He said Samuel L. Jackson is Lando Calrissian. He says, L3, you done flirting? I'm still ready. Lando, hold on to your butts. <laughs> Lacey, I could change my name on Twitter to Myra Trunks, and you would have to say I got my handle. But that's yeah, not true. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I changed my name to match my handle. You're na- now your name is I didn't Myra get it. Trunks. <laughs> yeah, especially in this case. Well, it's like, like he didn't even get Purple Talk. He got Purple Talk 22. I, I believe Lacey technically doesn't give me credit for getting my handle. but You oh, don't yeah. have your handle. That's not your name. According to my family, I got my handle. I know, and the last time you said this is they're important to me and they're the only ones that matter. I don't care what you think, I believe, is what you said. How do you remember the stupid things like that? Because it was so mean that you said that to me. Oh my God. Next is Mark at the kind of vacans at duh underscore kind underscore awakens. And I love that every dude. Way to get your handle, Mark. Every dude (laughs) listening to this podcast just went, wow, Lacey is like every woman who never forgets anything. I am not commenting on that at all because some some people will find this and we never forget. All right, he said Robin Williams is Han Solo, Battle of Yavin, Darth Vader. What? Han Solo, hot jambalaya. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. I watched Mrs. Doubtfire the other day and I was like sobbing at the end. It is like a really depressing movie. Very good. Do people do people understand like I don't want to drag this out too long. That is that is a great movie. Oh, it's so good. Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. yeah. I might start a podcast just so I can talk about Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello. He seems hot jumping. Ne- in next pie bet insane. when I when I smash when I smash that pie into James's face, uh, he has to do that. He has to do the halloo. That's right. He owes you a pie that I keep forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> James. Poor James is hoping it will go away. We never forget. Except for you just said you keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because uh, you didn't wrong me, so I'm not keeping it in the back of my head. Mm. Like when John wrongs me, I keep it stored away. Mm. All right. Next is mm. Lawrence Flynn at Lfly11. What up, Lawrence? Lawrence said, Matt Damon as Will hunting as Luke Skywalker to Han after Leia kisses Luke on Hoth. Luke, do you like apples? Han, yeah. Luke, well, I got her number. How you like them apples? Is that what that's from? Lacey, <laughs> have yeah. you never seen Good Will Hunting? Honey? I have not. Yeah. Come on! Oh. God, it hurts, Dan. <laughs> I like the idea I saw of my Han cousin and Luke Vinny the being other day. those characters from Goodwill Hunting, though. That's pretty funny. That is good. Yeah. I saw my cousin Vinny the other day. For the first time? Yeah. And What's I laughed grip? at the grit part because you had said that in an episode. I had no idea what you're talking about. I think me and James bring that up. We've brought that up at least 10 times, the grit thing. Because it, it, everybody cooks longer than 10 minutes or something. I forget the exact... I, thing in the thing, but the the time discrepancy is off because she three said minutes. she looked at grit. Three minutes, and it takes twenty minutes for any normal person to make grits. Yeah, yeah, but she says she does something in a certain specific time range or something like that. And he, they, they, no, it's the lady. The right? witness is a man. Oh, it is. I thought mm-hmm. it was a lady. Mm-mm. It's a dude that says he spent three minutes making grits and then turned around and then they were running to their car and he goes, "How is that possible? Because it takes any normal person twenty minutes." Lacey, are you studying for single Schmodown? <laughs> no. 
but maybe I should. My favorite part of that movie, though, by the way, <laughs> which I'm the worst. I, I went into that movie. I'm... I don't like being sad at the end of movies. And I know some of the best movies have sad endings, but I don't like it. So I went into that movie demanding that it ends up that Ralph Macchio doesn't go to jail. And I needed to know before the movie even started that he doesn't go to jail. <laughs> wow. And once I knew that, I was good to go. <laughs> Although I'm not digging Ralph Macchio's mustache at the beginning, but, well, not a good luck for him. Don't but, spoil a theme park. I just rides, said I was going to say, but don't spoil. Don't spoil that the different. first order shows up. That's Do you know at the end of Rise of the Resistance, you die? That's different. I'm sorry. What character interrogates people in The Force Awakens? Who do you think? That's, that's I don't her know. Point. Who interrogates people in The Force Awakens? A lot of people do. No. Who interrogates people in The Force Awakens? Who <laughs> interrogated Poe? Who interrogated Ray? Pick Who? someone. Next up, no, we got someone. Lawrence Flynn <laughs> at okay. L511. Anyway, he won't say it because he knows I'm right. He knows I'm right. All right. TC Rastani. I love that people that didn't listen to Monday are probably like, what the hell? Yeah. At After Hours, TC. Christopher Lloyd as Obi-Wan. Luke. How did my father die? Obi-Wan. Shot in the back by Biff Tannen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. that is, oh, uh, I thought that was so funny. Just uh, so good. Next is Stephen Bowman at Stephen A. Bowman. What's up, Stephen? Stephen said, Owen Wilson as Luke Skywalker. Vader. No, I am your father. Great job with the correct line, by the way. Luke. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Have you guys seen wow. uh, uh, the Menace Duel of the Fates fight, but all the lightsaber sounds are replaced with Owen Wilson? Yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> I've seen that too with Cardi B. They did oh, that. Yeah. Someone did that with Cardi B. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for your answers. We hope you've enjoyed Resistance Transmissions. If you want to be a part of the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN and just look out for the scenario. Uh, and give your answers. So yeah, back to you, John. Really quick though, who interrogates people in The Force Awakens? Snoke. He knows I'm right. He knows I'm right, and he won't admit Snoke it. Does. Leave in the comments yeah. who interrogates people from the Resistance in The Force Awakens. From the Resistance? No, who interrogates people from the Resistance in The Force Awakens? Uh, Kylo Ren's in the Rise of the Resistance ride. I don't know if anybody knew that, but uh, I think everybody knew that. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening and watching. I think my grandma knew that. Being a part no, of the Resistance. No, no, um, no. Make sure you subscribe to the show on all of your podcast platforms, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you get your pods. And of course, YouTube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. Just a reminder, we did a little bit of a rea uh, reaction to Star Wars Day. So go to the channel and check it out. We give our takes on it then. Uh, and of course, all of our other videos that we have going on on the channel that are exclusive to that um, as opposed to the uh, audio podcast platform. Bad but, Batch reaction show. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure James is going to gloriously plug him thyself. Uh, but StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, me, Johnny Hoey on Twitter. Way to get my handle. 
and writing and editing over starwarsnewsnet.com and my movie podcast just like the movies available on all podcast apps doing ghostbusters on tuesday who are you gonna call me uh lacy when lacy when you're not calling me i'm not you mean when i'm not having uh rise the resistance spoiled for me people could find me at lacy gillerin on twitter and instagram all right very good james um i don't know who james is uh i'm myra trunks Trunks. you can find me at myra trunks (laughs) (laughs) way to get my handles yeah i knew it i knew that was going um when james when james comes back out to connecticut and he drives out and he has his car and has a vanity plate that says like m trunks (laughs) yeah and we can go to chipotle um it sucks because if you take all the uh, vowels out of myra trunks it's still one letter over so it's like i can't do it you could do Myra. <laughs> he M-I-R-A. thought about it. He's thought about it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's been my handle since like seventh grade, but. Um, I love that. That's dedication. So every time I sign up for something and Myra Trunks is taken, I'm bummed because I don't You're get angry. my handle. But anyway, um, no, uh, John was saying uh, about Bad Batch. Yeah, I did the Bad Batch reaction show um, that came out on Tuesday. So if you guys haven't had a chance to watch the first episode of Bad Batch, uh and what you know you get a chance to catch it whenever you watch it make sure to head over to star wars news net so youtube our youtube page and uh see what i had to say about it make sure we're you know we're on the same page and put your opinions whether i'm right wrong what you thought uh in the comments and give that video a like uh, it could use some plays you know i don't know if you guys know or not but our youtube doesn't get a lot of attention <laughs> so thumbs up comments sharing that always helps so subscribe to that uh so that you're in the know when we put out new content and stuff yeah for sure um and that is the end of the show so that's it so we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend we hope you enjoyed star wars day and also our episodes on monday and today And don't worry, because we'll be back on Monday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. So we'll see you around, kids.